Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... So he starts off and he tells us, be careful, be aware of how you walk in to the house of the Lord. Were you careful when you walked in this morning? And he tells us why, when he uses this term, we'll get to it in a second, the the sacrifices of, of fools. He tells us, be careful how you walk in because the way you walk in, the way I walk in, might actually be offensive to God. The way we enter a church is more important to God than the number of times we walk in. As we come to church, we need to prepare our hearts to hear from Him. If we're not careful, our worship can actually be offensive to the Spirit of God. As Pastor Jim explains in today's teaching, we need to pay attention to the way we approach Him. He is more interested in the disposition of our hearts than we may realize. Every Christian should prepare his heart to share as well as hear the teaching of the Word of God. Now let's open our Bibles and join Pastor Jim for part one of his message entitled, Does How Much I Come to Church Matter? Well, if you've ever tried to seriously talk with anybody about the Christian faith, there are certain what I call Americanisms that come across. Uh, Just because we have a certain way of looking at the Christian faith through the eyes of being an American instead of through the eyes of the Bible. I always say to people, listen, I understand you say that you're Christian, but but if the founder of your religion claimed to be God, and he rose from the dead, and he gave you a book, don't you think we should listen more to what he says about the faith than maybe what's kind of spinning around in our own heads? A popular one with people goes something like this. A lot of people who say they believe will say something like this. Now, when I say they say they believe, you know, God only knows for sure. But they'll say something like this. Uh, Do I really have to go to a church? Do I really have to belong to a church to be a Christian? Do I really have to go to a church? Do I really have to belong to a church to be a follower of God? Now, if you read the Bible even with a quick view to that, especially if you read the New Testament, uh, it's very easy to see the answer to that question is yes. That's why a lot of you are here. You know, of course, the other people that are normally here, they're at the beach, but you're like, not us, man. We're, we're here. So you know that. But there's more than that. Actually, a lot more. And we're going to run into that today. Today, we're going to try to answer the question Does how I come to church matter? Not if I come to church, but how I come to church. Now, King Solomon, presumably the writer of this book or an autobiographer writing some years later, lived 3,000 years ago, 1,000 years before Jesus Christ. At the time, he was the wisest man on the earth. He was the richest man on the earth, and he was the one who built the first temple in Jerusalem. And while Ecclesiastes has been largely looking at life without God, he's looking at life 
under the sun, exploring what life would be like without God. In this section, he seems to take a break, and as the builder of the temple and as the king, he wants to sit down and have a little bit of temple talk with us. We might call it a church meeting, if you will. So we said in our other studies that, uh, I think this is our ninth study in Ecclesiastes, that, that part of being wise is being very observant. And so King Solomon was a very observant man, and he, and he probably would sit outside the temple that he orchestrated the building of. He was the money behind it. He was the brain behind it. His father really had the original vision, King David, but God told him he couldn't build it, so Solomon got to build it. So he probably sat outside it sometimes and watched the people come in and watched the people leave. Now, we might say he, he would, might be sitting over at the front entryway of our church watching people come and go, and as he watched people come and go, as God gave him the wisdom to be a Bible writer, he begins to talk about some of the do's and don'ts of the temple, or we might say for our purposes, the do's and don'ts of the church. So let me ask you the question right out of the box. How do you come to church? Now, I don't mean, I take Route 80, Pastor Jim. That's not what I'm looking for, okay? You know, uh, 46? No, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Eventually, we all get on Route 15, right? You know, all roads lead to Route 15. But how do you come here? Do you come here out of tradition? This is what I do. I'm a Christian. I go to church. It's my thing. It's my thing. You know what? look down on my neighbors who are out jogging and, you know, worshiping the, the lawn god. But I come to church, man. It's what I, what I do. Is it your tradition, or, or do you come for worship? Do you really come to, to worship the living God? Uh, this morning, did you walk into a building, or did you walk into the presence of the living God? Did you come expecting to be entertained? You're like, well, you know what? I, I hope that the worship team does some of the songs I like. And I hope that the pastor tells a few jokes to make the time go a little faster. Or did you come to be entertained? Or did you come for an encounter with the living God? Now, in uh, the Christian church world, there's a lot of talk of integrity. One of the definitions of integrity is who you are when no one's watching. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, like it actually, but the, the Word of God often talks about the, the high priority or the place of the high priority of the integrity of our worship or the integrity of the, the worshiper. The inner heart attitude of God's people when they come into the house of the Lord. And repeatedly throughout the scriptures, the Bible writers urge us to worship God in his house with reverence, with reverence. Yet today, I mean, my goodness, you hear advertisements on Christian radio, they're like, come to our church, it's fun. <laughs> like, that makes me sick, <laughs> right? Not, nothing wrong with having fun. You know, I know that a lot of you parents, you ask your kids, you're just conditioned as Americans. They come out of the church service and you go, was it fun? You know, like, you, know you, you, you take your kids for piano lessons and, and you go, was it fun? It used to be, are you learning how to play the piano? But now it's, is it fun? But, and it's nothing wrong with being fun. There's nothing wrong with uh, 
enjoying things, having a few laughs, but fun you can get anywhere, right? In church, it's supposed to be something very, very different, very, very different that you can't get really any, anywhere else. Also, today in the church, a lot of pastors are pushing the envelope on being crude. Just how crude, you know, can we get? And, you know, people who maybe live in a little bit more of an enclosed type environment are like, wow, that's really crude. You know, other people that, you know, you work out in the working world, you're like, not too crude. <laughs> not too crude. All, or a lot of people want to come to church where it's just about you. Where it's just about you. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of me. I can't wait to come into some place where it's not about me, right? It's about something different. And so it's supposed to be about God. And, and so here in Ecclesiastes 5, the Lord tells us, really confronts us in how we are to come to church. So if you're taking notes, three things or three observations that the Lord wants to give to us, I believe, today is, number one, be attentive before God. Be attentive before God. Let me read verse 1 again. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Let's leave the verse up on the screen and let's, let's go slowly through it or you might want to circle things in your Bible or write in your Bible as we go along. He says, walk prudently. Some of your versions would translate it this way. Guard your steps or watch your steps. Another version says, more contemporary one says, be careful when you go into the house of God and draw near to hear. To hear what? To hear the word of the Lord. A lot of times we, you know, most of us grew up in church tradition where we did most of the talking. But he says, draw near to hear rather than, a lot of versions say better than, Remember, we said in in Ecclesiastes and in wisdom literature in the Bible, it's not a comparison. In wisdom literature, the Bible assumes you will always choose the better. It's like when somebody, you go shopping and somebody's like, well, what's the price difference? You're like, they're the same price. What's the quality difference? You're like, that one's way better than that one. You're like, hmm, which should I take? You don't think that. You're just like, I'll take the better one. You'd always take the better one. So wisdom literature assumes you'll take the better one. He says, better than to give the sacrifice of fools. So it's better to come to hear the word of the Lord than to give the sacrifice of fools for they, who would that be? The fools do not know that they do evil. How do they do evil? In the way they come into the house of the Lord. So he starts off and he tells us, be careful, be aware of how you walk in to the house of the Lord. Were you careful when you walked in this morning? And he tells us why, when he uses this term, we'll get to it in a second, the the sacrifices of, of fools. He tells us, be careful how you walk in because the way you walk in, the way I walk in, might actually be offensive to God. You think, well, that's why you should be a pastor like you, Pastor Jim, because you get to come in and preach the Word of God. You know, that that excitement probably lasts about six months in terms of the waking up in the morning, like, can't wait. I mean, I wake up every Sunday morning just like you do. It's really not Sunday, is it, God? Please tell me it's another day, right? 
Uh, I get to preach, you know, and, and have to remind myself, have to prepare my heart to come and, and share the truths of God's word. Now, probably for a lot of us, the Lord could be asking us, are you here? You're like, God, you're supposed to know everything. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. But the Lord would say, no, no, I don't mean your body. Is your heart here? Is your mind here? Or has this become routine? See, a lot of us will grow up in a church where we were, we were like, oh, it was just so routine. You go in, you say the same stuff every week, you leave, you're bored silly out of your socks. But you know what? If we're not careful, this can be routine. This can be the, the, the same thing. The house of the Lord symbolizes the presence of God with the people of God. In the temple, they offered animal sacrifices as the priests, there's various sacrifices, but the most importantly was for the forgiveness of sins, is the priest would sacrifice, you'd bring the animal in, the priest would sacrifice the animal, the priest would be the mediator between you and God. Now, in the New Testament, there's one sacrifice now been made for all. That's why we don't sacrifice animals anymore. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we come and we rejoice in the sacrifice that he has already made. In the Old Testament times, the people of God were to bring their best animals for the sacrifice. So you didn't, you know, you didn't walk out and say like, you know, hmm, let's see. Take that one with the, with, the, with the three legs and no eyes and tail fell off. <laughs> like, like nobody's ever going to buy that one, right? And hopefully the father would, you know, say, no, you know, that one. And, the, and the, they're like, that's the family pet, right? And so, and so they, would, they would take the best to give to God, not the, not the leftovers. They were to come alert, ready to worship they were to be aware that they were stepping into the presence of a holy God. See, this language here in chapter 5, verse 1, kind of reminds me of, of Moses in Exodus 3. Moses is, is doing his thing, man. You know, he's, we're all doing our thing. He's doing his thing. And, and he comes up the mountain, and there's this bush there, and it's, it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And God is like, Moses. Moses, right? You know if you watch Charlton Heston's movie, right? I know some of you think that's what my life is like because I'm a pastor. Every morning, I don't need the alarm. I just hear God going, Jim, Jim, <laughs> right? That is not my life, right? I'm just like everybody else. I, I want to throw my alarm clock across the room. This morning, I was so tired. I spent so many, I had to go out to see my mom for some stuff, and I, she lives on Long Island, and I spent so many hours in traffic, and I was a truck driver there, so if there's a way around it, I know it. I spent so many hours in traffic because of Hillary Clinton was over in New York. I am not voting for her. She wasted like four hours of my time yesterday. <laughs> and so Moses, back to Moses. Uh, Moses is up on the mountain, and God says to him, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. So does that mean we're supposed to come to church with bare feet? Um, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper today. If you want to come in bare feet, I have no problem with that. Really, I, I don't. But that's not the idea here. The idea is we're supposed to hear God say, Moses, be very careful when you approach me. 
the Bible says that God is our friend, but it also says that he's a consuming fire. And God's not looking for us to casually come to him. God is looking for us to um, reverently come to him. That's why people go to me, yeah, I know God, the man upstairs, I got his number. I'm like, oh, dude, no, no. So here in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, draw near to hear, to hear. God speaks through his word in the temple. They would read the scripture and they would explain God's word. And often in the Old Testament, you hear God saying, uh, hear, O Israel. And remember, Israel's not a country, it's a people, people who are followers of, of Yahweh. Jesus in the New Testament would say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is why in Calvary Chapel, we have just decided that we're gonna teach the Bible. We're not going to just use the Bible in the midst of me just giving a bunch of opinions, but we're going to go through it line by line, verse by verse, because God wants his word heard, and he wants it internalized among his people. For that to happen, your heart must be here. Not just your body, but your heart must be here. You have to be engaged we must give our full attention to the Word of God. We must stop daydreaming, come ready to receive from God, coming anticipating God is going to speak. God is going to speak to his people. God is going to address his people when the Bible is read. So what does that look like practically? We should be on time. How many of your bosses expect you to be on time? You ever think? <laughs> okay. Of course. We should be rested. A lot of Christians, it seems to be they, you know, listen, Saturday's the go for it day, right? We get up as early as we can. We run, 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 run. And, um, you know, then we stay up till all hours of the night. Some of us are sending emails to one another and text messages at 2 and 3 in the morning. And then we come into church and we're not receiving from God, and we want to blame other people. Well, if the music was better, if the sermon was better, you know, if the coffee was better. You know, always, always reasons to, to blame other people. How about reading ahead? One of the advantages of being part of a church is, you know, uh, Lord willing, next Sunday we'll pick up at chapter 5, verse 8. Let you know how far we're going today. <laughs> and, and just reading ahead. So you're preparing your heart during the week or getting up on a Sunday morning and, and just reading ahead, preparing your heart to hear from the Lord. How about not getting up and down during the service? You know what happens when we get up, everybody turns and looks at the person leaving. And I'm always like, if you're older, you know this Elmer Fudd with Bugs Bunny, come back, little bunny rabbit. I mean, just like, like I'm, come on, everybody, come back, come back. Now, if you have to get up for a legitimate reason, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if your normal habit is, I like to come into the service, and, and about 10 minutes into it, I, I, need to, I get up and go to the bathroom. Now, those of you with kids, you know this. We go to the potty before we get in the car, right? Because once we're in that car 10 minutes, what happens? Mommy, Daddy, guess what I got to do? You don't have no guessing. We know, right? But the same is true with church, Right? We should all probably go to the potty before church. How about checking our phones during the service? 
you know I have informants, don't you? They're in the sound booth. They sit high above everybody else. <laughs> they know who's checking Facebook. They know who's tweeting during service, right? Everybody's like, oh, I'm reading the Bible. And they're like, well, okay, you're reading the Bible. You must be a speed reader because you're going <laughs> with your fingers, <laughs> swiping through everything. <laughs> Very distracting to others. No, our focus should be on the Lord. That's why we come here. Now, that's not always easy because our minds are so cluttered with so many things, aren't they? But here's the thing. Jesus dies on the cross, and we get to hear about him, and we're like, well, my mind's cluttered. I mean, that's kind of lame, don't you think? And sadly, it's easy for us, if we're not careful, to default to what he calls here the sacrifice of fools. What a sobering term. You say, what's the sacrifice of fools? I think it's thinking that some religious activity or some religious routine is actually pleasing to God to make it your routine to come to church without really coming to truly worship, without really coming to to truly uh, have a heart to obey the things that God tells us. You hear a lot of people say, well, it doesn't matter if you, where you go to church as long as you go to church. Now, you know that's not true, right? It matters where you go. And here God says it matters how you go. (laughs) And notice God calls this insulting way of doing church evil. That's the word he uses for it, evil. Because it's insulting the, the son of God who sacrificed his life for us on the cross. And Romans 10.18 says this, so then faith, let, let's stop there for a second, faith, the kind of faith that saves your soul, the kind of faith that makes a Christian realize that they are adopted children of the king, the kind of faith that solidifies for the Christian the identity they have in Jesus Christ, the kind of faith that gives someone hope for the future. That faith, the Apostle Paul says, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So at church, the people of God are commanded to come, enter into the presence of a holy God, and hear his word. We are to be attentive before God. Number two, we are to be quiet before God. Verse two, do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. So just in case for a second, we thought we were pretty awesome. God sort of puts us in our place there. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words or by his many foolish words. Now you say, wait a minute, Bible inconsistency. We were just told, you just told us that God says we have to come in and hear from him, so God's in church. Now he says that God's in heaven. Which is it? Is God in church or is God in heaven? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Now remember we say that his manifest presence is different. So when the room is empty, it's different than the presence of God when we are in here. God has promised that he would inhabit the praises of his people. But here we're reminded of the great distance between God and us. He's in heaven and we're on earth. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, that bridge was, that distance was bridged by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we walk across that bridge or we're carried across that bridge by 
the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come across that bridge by faith. So he's telling us here that the Lord God is beyond comprehension. You know, the Bible tells us that God hangs the stars, similar to the way you would hang a curtain rod. God hangs the stars and he knows the stars by name. You have been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we are overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you would like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it is common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all of our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord here in the book of Ecclesiastes, one verse at a time. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today.